Welcome to Grace's This and That, a place where we can exchange ideas and thoughts about anything and everything. We analyze some of our favorite movies, TV shows, and books, or we just review them. And we also talk about music, mainly K pop, because that's my personal favorite. But we also look deeper into the lyrics that are behind these musical stories. The topics we talk about are endless. For the first episode, I was really struggling with what I wanted to talk about. And because I'm one of those people who have interests in what seems to be everything, I was having a bit of a hard time weeding out the topics. While I was doing this, the Hogwarts Legacy game finally came out on the Switch. While playing the game, I started thinking more about Harry Potter books and the movies and the Universal Studios in Orlando, and I realized that. The Sorting Hat is actually a very important part of the entire franchise. It is the most important tradition that all Hogwarts students partake in. The moment you start your education at Hogwarts, you are placed in one of four houses Gryffindor, Hufflepuff, Ravenclaw, and Slytherin. It is also an aspect of Harry Potter that many people enjoy and buy merchandise for. When I meet a fellow fan of Harry Potter, I can't help but ask, What house are you in? And whether I'd like to admit it or not, their answers solidify a sort of prejudice in my mind. If you are a Gryffindor, then you must be a brave, courageous person who most likely acts before thinking and is a little bit stubborn. If you are a Hufflepuff, then you are the best person because all Hufflepuffs are the best, like me. But all jokes aside, if you are a Hufflepuff, then you're most likely a patient, loyal person and who is hardworking. If you are a Ravenclaw, then I see you as a very smart individual who is wise and who always wants to learn more, probably also a bookworm. If you are a Slytherin, then I see you as someone who's very ambitious, slightly cunning, but someone who also thinks before they act. And reflecting back on this and my slight prejudices to the four houses, I noticed that I was showing signs of a certain sociological concept known as the labeling theory. For those of you who haven't studied sociology or criminology, let me quickly explain what the labeling theory is. The labeling theory is a concept in criminology and sociology that aims to explain 
deviancy or deviant behavior. The central idea is that labels control or at the very least influences a person's behavior and their self-identity. You can think of it as a self-fulfilling prophecy in a nutshell. So you might be asking, Grace, how is the sorting hat and the labeling theory connected? My answer to that question would be this. The sorting hat is a labeling mechanism. The moment the sorting hat is placed upon a student's head, the sorting hat calls out a house for them to be in for the next seven years. And since each house has a set of traits that they value, the students are naturally assumed to possess these traits. For Gryffindor, it's bravery, courage, and determination. For Hufflepuff, it's patience, loyalty, and dedication. For Ravenclaw, it's wit, wisdom, and the willingness to learn. And for Slytherin, it's cunningness, pride, and ambition. When a first year is sorted into one of these houses, that's their introductions to who they are to the rest of the students. And like we know, it's very hard to get rid of those first impressions. Their house becomes their first label in Hogwarts. Now, before we go further into this topic, I want to make a small disclaimer. I'm going to talk about the Harry Potter series under the assumption that you have already read the books or at least watched the movies. Also, I'm going to be looking more towards the books for my examples rather than the movies since it is the original source. There are three characters that I want to briefly look into while looking at the labeling theory and how it pertains to the Harry Potter series. Neville Longbottom, Andromeda Black, and Harry Potter. Each of these characters, I believe, have something to teach us about this sociology concept. First, let's take a look at Neville Longbottom. Neville Longbottom is a very interesting character. In the first few books, he was the character I remember thinking, why is he in Gryffindor? Neville was the sweetest little boy in the books, and I couldn't believe that he was in Gryffindor because he just stood out almost like he didn't belong. He never fit the stereotype of Gryffindor students. But as the series went on, we began to see Neville becoming more and more the stereotypical Gryffindor, a brave and courageous character who is a hero in his own right. I think by observing Neville, 
we can see that the labeling theory and its idea that labels affect our behavior does have some merit. Ever since the beginning, Harry told Neville to be proud of being in Gryffindor. When Neville came up to the trio after being bullied by Draco Malfoy and doubted his place in Gryffindor, Harry proudly told him that Neville was worth 12 of Malfoy, that he should be proud of being in Gryffindor because the sorting hat put him in the best house. And as the series progressed, we saw Neville becoming more and more proud of his Gryffindor house and started to act in the way a typical Gryffindor would. It can easily be seen and explained as Neville just growing in his character, just having a character growth from someone who is timid to someone who is a leader and nothing more. After all, he was the one who Dumbledore gifted 10 points for being able to stand up to his friends in the first book. So technically, the bravery was in Neville all this time. While that is true, I think there's more to it than that. Neville had originally asked the Sorting Hat to sort him into Hufflepuff. But for some strange reason, the Sorting Hat refused and sorted him into Gryffindor. If the Sorting Hat did listen to Neville and sorted him into Hufflepuff, I don't think Neville would have had the growth that he did in this series. Hufflepuff and Gryffindor value very different things. I see the main difference between Hufflepuff and Gryffindor as this. Action-oriented or support-oriented. Gryffindors are those people who are more action-oriented. They want to do something. If they see that their friend is in danger, they won't hesitate to act. They will stand up for their friend and the little guys going as far as to challenge authority figures. They don't really think of the consequences of their actions and they just do what feels right. On the other hand, I think Hufflepuff is more support-oriented. They are immensely loyal and will stay behind their friend no matter what and are ready to support them in any circumstances. They might not be doing something, but they are always in the same location like a tree and won't easily be swayed. With this in mind, I don't think Neville would have had the character growth that we see in the series if he was placed in Hufflepuff. We wouldn't see him as the stereotypical Gryffindor, especially in the seventh book, with him leading the DAs when Harry, Ron, and Hermione aren't there for protecting the students and destroying the final horcrux that is Nagini. 
The lesson that we can learn from Neville in regards to the labeling theory is that the labels do impact us in many ways. It also reminds us that we need to be careful of the labels that we put on children, our friends, and even our families. Not only does the labels affect a person's behavior and their self-identity, it also affects the way people view them. Now, let's take a look at Andromeda Black or Andromeda Tongs. Ever since she was born, Andromeda had labels that would have followed her for life. She was born into the noble House of Black, one of the very few remaining pure-blood families in the wizarding world. Not to mention, they were very proud of their pure-blood status, and many of their family members agreed with Voldemort's rhetoric and became Death Eaters. Her older sister Bellatrix became one of the most loyal followers of Voldemort, going as far as to torture Neville's parents into insanity because she thought they knew where Voldemort went after Harry defeated him. Her younger sister Narcissa married Lucius Malfoy, another pure-blood wizard who was in the inner circle of Voldemort and highly believed in the pure-blood supremacy. Other than her family name and her family label, she was sorted into Slytherin, a house that hated Muggleborns more than any other house. We know this because of the second book, The Chamber of Secrets. In that book, we are introduced to Salazar Slytherin, the founder of Slytherin. And he only wanted pure-blooded wizards and witches to attend Hogwarts. He despised muggle-born wizards and witches so much that he ended up leaving the school but not before locking a creature in the school that only he would be able to control, with the hope that one day his creature would purge the school of all muggle-born witches and wizards. The label Andromeda would have had on her since she was born was that she is a muggle-born hating pure blood, a pure blood supremacist, if you will. But unlike her sisters, who would have been raised in a very similar fashion to her, Andromeda did something that was braver than what most Gryffindors or what anyone can do. She broke free from her family, her labels. She didn't let that label of being a pure-blood supremacist define her. She escaped from her family and did something that would have been seen as unthinkable, a betrayal 
to the House of Black. She married a muggle-born wizard. One of the main criticisms that the labeling theory has is that this school of thought doesn't believe that a person can break free from their labels. It's a criticism that I also have of this concept. I believe, or maybe more accurately, I want to believe that we are able to break free from the labels that have been placed upon us. Andromeda wasn't a very important character in both the movies and the books. She was only mentioned in passing a couple of times, both in the movies and the books. But despite not having much information about the Slytherin witch, what Andromeda teaches us is that we don't have to let the labels that we were born with or those labels that were put upon us define who we are. We all have the ability to break free from the labels that we don't like. We just need a little bit of bravery. Finally, let's take a look at Harry Potter, the main character of the series, the person who we spend the most time with. I'm sure there could be a lot of things that relate to the labeling theory and the self-fulfilling prophecy, you know, with the whole he is the chosen one and the boy who lived. His life is basically full of labels that ended up coming true. But that's not why I want to focus on Harry Potter. What I want to focus on is the way Harry chose his own labels. I personally think that Harry's story really starts when the sorting hat is placed upon his head and he asks the sorting hat to not place him in Slytherin. So why did he ask the sorting hat to not place him in Slytherin? It's actually very simple. He heard that all witches and wizards who went bad were in Slytherin, and he didn't want to become evil. And with that one choice, that small choice, I think is what changed everything. I mean, can you imagine if Harry was put into Slytherin? Slytherin, whether we like it or not, was written to be the evil house of Hogwarts. It was written to be the antagonistic force during Harry's time at school. Why? Because the entire plot of the Harry Potter series from beginning to end is a fight between good and evil. It's Harry versus Voldemort. It's Gryffindor versus Slytherin. So, if Harry were to be placed into Slytherin, I don't think he would have become the hero of the wizarding world. With what I said in the previous segment with Andromeda, the Slytherin house 
hates muggles and muggleborns. Voldemort was in Slytherin. He was the heir of Slytherin. He was the person who created the Death Eaters in order to persecute muggles and muggleborns so that the purebloods can rule the wizarding world. Can you imagine if Harry was placed into a house like that? I mean, Harry has every reason to hate muggles. He was constantly mistreated by his muggle relatives. He lived in the cupboard under the stairs for most of his childhood, and he was constantly starved. Based on just these small examples, it would have been very easy for Harry to conform to the pureblood ideologies of Slytherin. But that didn't happen. It didn't happen because Harry chose to ask the Sorting Hat not to place him in Slytherin. And through this, we are taught perhaps another very important lesson. We can choose our own labels, or rather, our own paths. After learning to embrace the good labels that help us to grow from Neville, then learning to break free from the labels that we don't like from Andromeda, we learn from Harry that we can choose our own labels. Through these characters, we learn that, sure, the labeling theory may have merit, and it might explain some deviancy and deviant behavior. But the most important thing that we learn is that we have more power than we think over these labels. And as Albus Dumbledore said, it is our choices that show what we truly are. And that concludes our first episode of Grace's This and That. As this is my first podcast episode, I'm still figuring out what type of format I want to use, whether or not I want to focus on a specific area, and if I want to make this more of a casual conversation style of podcast or more of an audio essay of sorts. So there might be a few tweaks here and there in the upcoming episodes. But if you have any suggestions or comments about this format, just let me know. I'm always very curious to hear what you have to say. I would love to take this time to turn the question around to you. What do you think about the labeling theory? Are you a fan of Harry Potter? What house are you in? If you have any further thoughts about this topic, let me know. I really want to build a community where we can feel safe and comfortable sharing our thoughts about any topics. And hopefully you'll be open to building a community like that with me. And I'll see you all very soon with the next episode of Grace's This and That. Until then, stay curious, stay entertained, And most importantly, 
stay thriving.